Today is week four of Lent, week four of our sermon series where we are looking at covenant promises. We're looking at our baptismal covenant and the promises that we make whenever we are baptized or renew our baptismal covenant. And each one of those promises is very important in helping to unpack our own Christian discipleship. Weeks one through three, we walk through those first three promises where we promise to gather and pray together, where we promise to repent and return to God. And then last week, where we promise to proclaim the good news of Christ out in the world. And this week, we get to a harder one. I kind of feel like they get harder as we say those promises. Like if you said number one, then you'll probably say number two, but you kind of get to number four and number four is... Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Sounds good, but it can be a little difficult. Take, for example, today's gospel lesson, John chapter 3. This is a good one. This is one a lot of people know, but we need just a bit of context to know why Jesus is saying what he's saying. At the very beginning of John chapter 3, there is a Jewish leader named Nicodemus who has heard of Jesus, knows about Jesus's healings, knows about some of Jesus's teachings. Jesus is gaining a little more attention, drawing bigger crowds. And Nicodemus isn't quite sure what to make of this man. Nicodemus seems to like what he hears about Jesus, but Jesus is working outside the normal power structure and authority structure. And so Nicodemus kind of wants to figure out who this guy is, where he comes from, what he's all about. But of course, being a leader of the Jews, he can't just go talk to Jesus during the daytime. And so he comes to Jesus at night. He comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness so that no one sees his interest. Jesus is interesting enough for him to come, but not yet quite interesting enough for Nicodemus to let everyone know he's interested. And so to this story, Nicodemus says to Jesus, effectively, hey, I know you've been doing some good stuff. How is it that you can do what you are doing? And Jesus responds to Nicodemus, nobody can do what I have done unless they come from God. And Nicodemus says, well, if you come from God, then what are we supposed to do? And Jesus then responds, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit, which sounds strange. And Nicodemus says, how can one be born when they've already been born? How can one be born when they have grown old like he had? And Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Now we know John three sixteen, right? This is the thing that we're going to put up on the signs at the football games. This, in a sense, summarizes everything that the first century believed about Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we should not perish, but have eternal life. We are human. 
We are fragile, we are broken, we are problematic, we are messy, and it is our humanity that gets in the way of us relating fully to God. And so we need this bridge, we need this help, we need this offer from God to help heal us and make us whole and bring us into God's kingdom. And what Jesus is getting at here is that he is the one lifted up. He is the bridge. He is the one that brings us from the mess into the perfection and love of God. Now, in this fourth week in Lent, with this fourth covenant promise, we are asked, will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Now, this does seem easy. It seems so nice, right? Christianity is nice, right? And so we are meant to see the Christ in one another, to love, to serve, to recognize, to care about one another, the Christ in one another. But man, this is hard to actually do. It's not hard when someone's nice or maybe agrees with you or treats you well. It's really hard when someone's a jerk. It's really hard when someone seems to be totally irrational or unreasonable or difficult or hurtful. There are plenty of people who are hard to love. And I thought about doing a sermon about what makes people hard to love, but I realized that actually what this passage is getting at is seeking the common ground that we are all a little bit hard to love. Every one of us in our own special ways are hard to love. And yet God loves us anyway. And not only does God love us anyway, God sent proof. Now to understand what Jesus says here to Nicodemus, we've got to go back to numbers. We heard numbers read earlier in our service, and this is one of those weird stories that comes out of the Old Testament that many of us likely did not learn in Sunday school. And so I need to take a second and talk about why Jesus says he's like a snake. Seems like an odd comparison. But back in Numbers, Moses is out in the wilderness with the Israelites after they had been taken out of Egypt. Remember all that? And out in the wilderness... The Israelites, time and time again, question God and question Moses, and they complain against God and Moses because Egypt wasn't great, but at least in Egypt, they weren't starving. And Egypt wasn't great, but at least in Egypt, they had secure homes. And now they're out in the wilderness with a lot of insecurity, they think, because they simply don't see what God is doing. And so as the story goes, the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. And the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned by speaking against you and the Lord help us. And so Moses prayed for the people. And God said to Moses, make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze, put it on a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. That's so weird. Here we have God sending snakes to bite the people so that they would die. But then he says, 
make a bronze snake. And if the people are bitten, they look at that snake and they live. Now remember who's telling this story. People who lived hundreds of years after the action itself. Which means as they retell and retell the story, there is a, an understanding of what happened. But when it comes down to it, people were dying, they prayed, and they were saved. Jesus says, just like the snake, the Son of Man's got to be lifted up. And when you see the Son of Man lifted up, you too will be saved. When we look back at the story from Numbers, there are a few things that we should notice. First, the serpent on the pole does not prevent the bites. Second, the snakes in the camp are part of the world, part of the creation, just like you and me. Third, God rescues the people from certain death by using a symbol of what's killing them in the first place. Four, all they have to do to be saved is to see, truly see, God's gift of deliverance. When we understand this number story just that way, we can actually make some real connections to what Jesus is offering people in his lifetime and what is being offered to each of us right now. So you remember as John writes this gospel story, they're trying to figure out who Jesus was. And when they look back at their own history, they begin to understand that God's love doesn't prevent hurt. That we in the creation cause much of our own pain. God loves us anyway. God actually uses our humanity, our brokenness, our messiness in the person of Jesus, a person, to actually lift up so that if we can see, truly see, God's profound love, God's plan for our salvation, we will indeed be saved. Seeking and serving Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourself, cannot be done unless we truly and profoundly understand that we're all in this together. Our world is so good at making us think that we are so different. Our world is so good at playing to our fears and our insecurities to make sure that we know we are different from them, that there are others out there that are scary and dangerous and different and wrong. But when we see one another the way God sees us, when we truly understand it is our own humanity that is messy and that we are no less human or less messy or less problematic than any other person. Then all of a sudden, what we see in one another is what God sees in us. And God sees the mess in us as worthy 
of love. That means we're supposed to see one another as worthy of love too. Will you seek and serve Christ in all people is not shallow. It is not something to be tossed off in a very easy way. Because the love that God offers us is deep, profound, saving love that takes us from what can kill us and saves us forever. If we are worthy of that love, then we can love others like God. We are reminded today that we're all in this together. And because we are, it makes actually loving one another just a little bit easier. As we continue this journey in Lent, don't agree to love one another because it sounds good. Agree to love because you and I have been loved first. With everything we have done and everything we know we will do, God loves us anyway. We then get to love others in return. Amen.